you're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. This is a unique episode. It's going to be a listener mailbag. So we have a couple of questions that were sent in through our email address, which is churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. One of them is about tattoos and the other is about aliens, which are interesting topics for us to talk about. If you have a question, you can email it in to churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We'll take a look at it and maybe we'll even answer it on the show. Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at Christ Community Chapel. I have with me today Joe Coffey, our lead pastor, and Zach Wyrock, the director of Orchard NEO, which is our church planning initiative. Today, we're going to do something different than we have before. We're going to answer a couple of listener questions that were emailed in. So if you listen to the podcast and uh, you might think of a topic or a question that you'd like to hear addressed, we do have a place that you can submit those. The email address is churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. Uh, we're going to look at a couple of those that have come in today. Uh, they're kind of lighter topics, but I think interesting discussions for us to talk about. So the first one is this, is it wrong for Christians to get tattoos? So if you look in the Old Testament, specifically the book of Leviticus, uh, Levitic- Leviticus 19.28 says that we are not to mark our bodies. And so uh, obviously tattoos would fall under that category. So how do we look at a verse like that and think about it today? You can uh, go ahead and get a tattoo if it's a scripture verse or if it's in Greek. That's the, that's it. That that's seems the, like the way the way it works. Do you right guys, now. do either of you have <laughs> tattoos that you'd like to share about? Nope. No, no, I don't. No, I think that it's very tempting when you're thinking about uh, the Bible. When you're thinking about God. You think about relationship with God to want a clear rule, a ruling, yay or nay, so that it just simplifies your life because you can say, okay, I'm allowed to do this and I'm not allowed to do that. I think the answer is much more nuanced than that. And it begins with understanding what the purpose of books like Leviticus are in the story of the Bible. So the Bible is a book about Jesus. It's not a book about rules. It's not a book about what to do if you want God to love you, what you don't want to do, if you do, if you want God to not be mad at you. Uh, it is a book about Jesus. So everything is to be understood in light of Jesus. And when you read the first five books of the Bible, uh, including Leviticus, in, with that understanding, what you see is that God is developing Israel as a nation, a set-apart people, in order to illustrate a couple of things, his faithfulness to his promises, uh, not the least of which is his promise to send a Messiah, a rescuer, someone who's going to put the world back together, someone he promised would come from Abraham, uh, would come from Jacob, would come from David, would come from Israel. And so all the laws of the Old Testament are designed to either get us ready for Jesus or to help us to see our need for a rescuer by showing us our sin. And so most theologians have historically divided the law into three categories, what they call the moral law, the civil law, and the ceremonial law. The civil law is just laws concerning the actual nation state of Israel. Those are not applicable anymore because we don't live in the nation state of Israel. The ceremonial law is a law designed to prepare the church to think about Jesus. That's where you get the sacrificial system, the priestly code, that kind of thing. And the moral law... The kosher foods. That's right. All that. Then the moral law would be things like uh, obey your parents. Um, don't have any gods before don't God. Those, anybody, yeah. yeah, those kinds of things that these are just things that God is saying are right and wrong and true and false of all times anywhere. 
So the question, anytime we're looking at the Old Testament, is what is this particular law doing? Is God making a ruling about something moral or immoral? Is he informing the government of Israel? Or is he in some way preparing me for Jesus? And I think the law concerning markings of your body falls into that third category, that what God is doing in Leviticus is saying to people, if you want to belong to me, you must be different. And you must be different in a way that is tangible and evident and able to be seen by everybody so that you might not just know me, but that those around you might know that you know me and seek to know me as well. So you must be different so that you draw attention to that difference, so that you draw attention to me. However, in the New Testament, it is not the presence of tattoos or the absence of tattoos that serve as that physical witness, but rather it is baptism, communion, and the other things that God has given us to identify ourselves with Jesus Christ. Good. Yeah, the clean laws were all made to show us our need uh, for Jesus. So, and they, I think in that passage, and I'd have to look it up, but I think yeah, that's uh, uh, those markings were made uh, for in commemoration to the dead. I mean, it was there was a, a worship part of that that is not connected to tattoos now. Um, but I do think that you, one of the things that you need to look at when you're getting a tattoo, uh, if you're a young person right now and you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, this is great. Yeah, I'm going to go to my parents. Yeah, that they, they last they last a long time. Yeah, be, be thoughtful if you do that. Well, and what Jesus definitely did say in the New Testament is that the whole law, everything that God wants for us comes down to this, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And I would certainly say, all things fall must fall into those two two categories, including getting a tattoo. That if you're thinking about getting a tattoo, the, the beginning point biblically is to ask: Is this tattoo glorifying to God, and is this tattoo loving to my neighbor? And certainly, anything that fell outside the bounds of that would be restricted, not on the basis of tattoos being wrong, but on the basis of you are violating what God wants for you. He wants you to glorify him. He wants you to love your neighbor. And so everything you do, tattoo, not a tattoo, or what you eat for dinner tonight should be informed by that decision. Yeah, and I think the another thing to add here is that we should use scripture for its intended purpose That's and right. not as a battering ram to fill some other intended purpose. So That's you right. might have a person who is who loves getting tattoos, who loves this discussion, and that's great. I also would encourage there might be, we have a temptation to just cherry pick and use verses as sort of proof text to say, well, I believe I don't like tattoos. They make me uncomfortable. I don't understand them. And so I'm going to pluck this verse out of the Old Testament to say yeah. you shouldn't get tattoos because look, God said it to yeah, the Israelites. Yeah, and I will say here that there's a nuanced way of doing that I've noticed too. So you've got some people who will cherry pick passages and say you can't do it because it says this, and they take that passage completely out of context, not just the context of the book, but the context of the overall story of the Bible. But also then they they do this thing where they're like, well, okay, maybe it's not wrong, but it's a wisdom issue. And you know, so if you're wise, you won't get a tattoo. And I just think even that is a new kind of legalism of saying yeah. that that actually, you know, I'm not saying there isn't a wise tattoo and an unwise tattoo. Uh, I'm just saying that I think that the the nuances of this conversation have to do with culture. They have to do with who you are, what you what you do in life, the role you fill in life. There's so many implications to think about that. Again, we should resist the urge to to oversimplify into a legalistic kind of do or don't way of thinking. Yeah, I've, I've heard a similar argument made about the passages that talk about treating your body like a temple. And they say, yeah. you know, why would you use a needle to damage your body? Yeah. 
but that logic can be applied in a lot of ways. Like, why would you go to McDonald's and eat chicken that's nuggets? That's if exactly right. You're going to treat yeah. your body like a temple. Yeah, yeah. And I'm the only one uh, who's at this table that has had kids old enough to get tattoos, and and I knew about that verse when my kids were growing up. But uh, whenever I had talked to them, and I had discussions with a couple of them about tattoos. Um, I never went to that verse. I would just say, I don't want you to get a tattoo. And we treated it like any other thing that was a preference that a dad gets to have for their kids to a certain stage. And then my preferences uh, ceased to matter Mm -hmm. uh, at a certain age too. So I didn't want to put them on something that would then carry on for the rest of their life that if they did this, this, you know, this disappointed God or disappointed me or anything like that. But I did want to tell them, boy, I'd rather you not, I don't want you to get a tattoo. Do not get a tattoo right now. And so. Yeah. And I I just think, again, the problem with reducing things down is that they just become so monolithic. I mean, I have a family member who has a tattoo of uh, the globe. And when I asked him, why did you get that tattoo? He said, to remind me that I'm to live my life for the nations, that the goal of life is that the gospel of Jesus goes to all the nations. And so every decision I make should be made in that regard. So while certainly you might, uh, you know, you listen to this podcast, might say, well, that's dumb. There are other ways to do that, that. And I'm not quibbling over that. I think I'm just saying that the problem with legalism is it leaves no space for a heart motive that actually is seeking to honor God and love their neighbors. And it's just manifesting in a way that is different than your right. preference, right? right? So we just want to be careful that we're not. Uh, and here's what I would say: is uh, you know, I'm I'm getting perilously close to not being able to call myself a younger person in the church anymore. But here's what I would say: it is growing increasingly difficult to get the gospel to young people in this day and age, given just everything that's out there, the post-Christian uh, atmosphere. There are so many lines that we have to draw on the sand because God says to draw them right. Where we have to say this is wrong and this is right. That is going to cost us people, that is going to make it difficult to reach people. And that's okay, because as much as we love people, we love God more. But what we shouldn't do is add to that by drawing lines that God does not draw, that will alienate people needlessly. And so what we need to do is, when God is clear, let's be clear. But when there's freedom, let's give freedom so that we, we if we lose people, let's lose them because of the gospel and not because of our preference about tattoos. Great. All right. Second question that we've had sent in of late. Um, I have no idea where we're going to land with this one, but I thought I'd throw it out there for pun, us to discuss. Pun not intended. Uh, yeah. No, I, well, you'll figure it out. Um, the question is this Is it possible that aliens exist? Is it possible that aliens exist? So, okay. Yeah. Well, let me take a shot at that first. Yeah. Uh, I would say absolutely. Uh, but first, let me. We need to define what an alien is. You're talking about an intelligent life form that's not human, right? Which angels would fit into that? So, angels would be aliens. An alien. I've right? said that for a long time. Yeah. So that, and most people would, most Christians would say, "Oh, well, that doesn't count." Let's talk about uh, Martians or you know whatever extraterrestrials. Uh, so uh, I would say angels qualify. But we can talk about the others. Yeah, I think the, to me there's an underlying question here, which is saying, maybe two questions, which is saying, first of all, does the Bible tell us everything? And then second, uh, if the things that it might not tell us 
does that particular thing affect what it does tell us? And let me explain what I mean. I think the starting point is to say the Bible does not tell us everything God knows or everything God's done or everything God is doing. Uh, You couldn't fit all that in a book. Even John says, hey, I could have written more things that Jesus did, but I could have never fit them in all the books books of the world. So, uh, you know, I think he has in mind there that the guy I'm writing about didn't just live 30 plus years. He he is the God of all eternity. So you don't know everything. You could memorize the Bible. You could know everything about it. You could understand it completely. You you do not know everything about God. And in heaven, you won't know everything about God because he can't fit in your head. He's God and you're not. And if you try to fit God in your head, your head would explode. So just starting point by saying there's all kinds of things God hasn't told right. us. The question is, if God created you know, extraterrestrial beings, if, there are, if there's life in the universe that's not us, would that in any way invalidate the scriptures? In other words, like if an alien ship landed t- tonight in Cleveland, would we have to go, well, the Bible's not true? And the answer to that is absolutely not. That the Bible is the story of re- of the redemption God has brought about on this planet through Jesus Christ uh, because of the sin that broke this world. So as to what relevance that would have nine planets over, 20 planets over, three galaxies over, I don't know. That's above my pay grade. But the existence of aliens would not in any way invalidate the gospel of Jesus. And so I think the charitable answer is to go, I don't know, maybe. There's no way I would know that. We can keep pursuing it scientifically. But in the meantime, even if one shows up, Jesus is still Lord of the universe. I think there there is some fear that people have that somehow it's going to invalidate Christianity. And they, they have that Mostly, I think, because I think Carl Sagan is one of the ones who is an avowed atheist and evolutionist who said that there, that life probably exists on 100 million different planets because uh, evolution was such an easy process. And now we know that it was a much more difficult process. So there's about every six months, there's, uh, you know, something that, it, you know, has life. Is there life on this planet or this faraway star? And I'm always the same way, Zach. I'm always going, uh, okay, if it does, that's great. Yeah. I, I don't know. But uh, it, it surely doesn't invalidate anything about the gospel. Yeah, and part of this is just the growing idea that science and Christianity are enemies, which is bizarre considering if you study the development of modern science, it was birthed out of Christianity in the West. That is inarguably true. And if you're listening to this podcast and you want evidence of that, I'm happy to recommend a few books for you. Just shoot me an email. So Christianity is born, our, our science is born out of the Christian West. We have historically had a great relationship with science. We would quibble with some of the modern theories of science, but the history of science is that science itself quibbles with some of its theories. So I think this idea that is scientific, any scientific advancement puts it at odds with Christianity is bizarre and illogical and atheological. So the Bible has nothing to say about life on other planets and would not be in any way jeopardized or changed by the existence. If anything, I would argue that the existence of life on other planets which mean, would mean that we don't know everything that we think we know, in which case the Bible would be happy to step up and go, yeah, we, we've, you know, I've been telling you that for, right. for, for centuries. Well, one of the things that I think is interesting is the, the fascination that uh, people have with aliens because yeah. there is a deep desire to have something, uh, someone more advanced, someone out there. That, well, yeah, I mean, right? part of when I, I received this question in September of 2019, which um, I don't know when this podcast will be posted, but September 20th, 2019 was the day that 
Uh, 1.5 million people responded on Facebook that they were going to rush Area 51 right, because right. they wanted to discover what was going on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that speaks to your point. Well, well, and what's interesting is that uh, most of the alien movies, aliens are not friendlies. Right, they're they're some they're advanced, and they're almost always more powerful. Than yeah, us. they're more powerful. They're they're smarter, and they're 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 destructive. You know what what we believe is that there's a God who's above and beyond, infinitely more intelligent than we are, who has invaded this planet uh, for the sake of love, which is a, <laughs> which is a, a much better story Most and a, attacks, much yeah. greater. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting thing, like all the underlying themes, because I think Joe, you're right. There is that sense of there needs to be something out there. I think there's a sense of wanting to be part of something big, right? Wanting to be part of a bigger story, and the discovery of aliens would mean there's so much more out there. I think some of it are questions about our place and the universe and do we matter? And if we matter, what, how would our mattering be affected by other beings out there or not out there? And, and again, I just think the Bible speaks to all those heart rhythms right. and it has been speaking to all those heart rhythms for a really long time. And if you listen to this podcast, you're not a Christian and you just clicked on it because it said something about aliens, then my encouragement would be to say, if you're looking for a bigger story, if you're looking for a being out there who loves you and cares for you, if you're looking to know that you matter. The Bible has all those things for you in the story of Jesus. And whether or not there's life on other planets or not, it has incredible meaning for life on this planet. And you should check it out. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.